How's it going? Welcome back to another episode of Mood for Feud. Today we're covering part two of the Kanye West and Taylor Swift drama. I know some of you have been absolutely itching for this release, so I hope that it does live up to all your expectations. Shout out again to Rosie for being my designated Swifty for this episode. I'm not gonna lie, I felt so brave last week telling you all that I'm not a Swifty, and I don't know if this will help me catch a break at all, but I will just say... My mom is a Swifty, big time, okay? I'm not even joking. She tried to make me watch Miss Americana with her last time that I went home. So maybe I'm not a Swifty, but I am a spawn of a Swifty, okay? Maybe that should be my Instagram bio. <laughs> spawn of a Swifty. Anyway, I will quickly say before I get into the episode that I just want to thank you guys all so much for listening. I can't even explain how much all of your support really means to me and I'm always so blown away by how much you engage with my content. Not to get too mushy but I truly am so thankful and even if you're hate listening to this I still love you. Remember to rate the podcast if you're enjoying it. Follow me on Instagram at mood for feud and if you want to leave me a written review you can do so on Apple Podcasts. That's enough from me, just a short intro because we've got lots to get through. I hope you have fun listening. Hey everyone, we're covering part two of the Kanye West and Taylor Swift drama. In the last episode in part one, we left it off in 2015. Kanye had just won a Lifetime Achievement Award at the MTV Video Music Awards and Taylor Swift had actually been the one to present it to him. She, in her presentation speech, stated that she was a Kanye fan and the two are seeing embracing and it looks like everything is, it looks like they are really getting along well and it seems like we're about to see Kanye and Taylor finally put their differences aside and continue having a like great supportive friendship. Unfortunately, this wouldn't last all too long because there's a part two. No, <laughs> because in Feb 2016, the feud would actually have a second wave, a tidal wave, if you will, when Kanye releases his song Famous. Now, in this song, we get the lyrics, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why? I made that bitch famous. Now, as soon as the song dropped, Kanye received a ton of backlash from Swifties, but also from people who were in Taylor's squad. Now, for those who don't know, Taylor's squad is how the media and her fans refer to the cohort of friends that she often surrounds herself with. So, like, some classic Taylor squad members are Selena Gomez, like Lively, Cara Delevingne, all the kinds of people that you'd see her often out in town with or um, hanging around with or showing support for, that kind of vibe. Now, in 2024, are we ready to admit that the whole squad thing is very mean girl behavior? They just remind me of that like classic group of girls in primary that would just absolutely bully you. And even just the way it's called like Taylor's squad, and I know that that's referred to by the media as that, but it's because that's how it comes across. It seems like she's some kind of ringleader, and then the other women are her like little minions, and they will come for you if you say anything bad about Taylor ever. And it, I don't know if it's because I've just watched Scream Queens, but it's kind of reminding me of like Chanel Oberlin and then all the other Chanel's. It's like very much that kind of energy to me. Kanye starts receiving backlash from all of these people, and so he takes to Twitter to defend himself. Himself, and he claims that he actually called Taylor before he released the song and she had approved of the lyrics and so everyone basically just needs to stand down because he got permission. Shortly after he posts this on Twitter, Tree Payne, who is Taylor's publicist, releases a statement, quote, Kanye did not call for approval but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. That very same month, Taylor wins a Grammy for Album of the Year, and during her acceptance speech, she says, quote, As the first woman to win Album of the Year at the Grammys twice, I want to say to all the young women out there, there are going to be people along the way who will try to undercut your success or take credit for your accomplishments or your fame, but if you just focus on the work and you don't let those people sidetrack you, someday when you get to where you're going, you'll look around and you will know that it was you and the people who love you who put you there 
and that will be the greatest feeling in the world. Okay, so obviously this is, you know, the message is good. If you're particularly a woman in a cutthroat industry, don't listen too much to what other people say and just keep doing you. But heed your own advice, Taylor. I just think that, you know, let's scroll back up to the lyric. I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex. Why I made that bitch famous. Does that really warrant the whole thing about like people trying to take credit for your fame in a Grammy acceptance speech? Is Kanye's lyric misogynistic? Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, Kanye saying I made that bitch famous doesn't mean that he actually did make Taylor Swift famous. It's just his like expression of how he perceives himself. He perceives himself as this creative genius. Whether that's true or not, who cares? This is how he perceives himself. And through his music, which he is allowed to make, (laughs) he is saying, this is how I feel. I feel like I make everyone around me famous because I'm just so amazing and everything I touch is basically iconic or becomes iconic. And he, he has every right to say that, in my opinion. It's just a song. It's not factual it's not bible if he was oh my god I sound so Kim K there it's not bible (laughs) it's not like he's going around in every press interview being like I'm the reason people that Taylor Swift is famous she should give me 20% of all her earnings because I'm the one who put her on this platform okay people are acting how they should have acted towards Jake Paul throwback to a couple episodes ago when he get being like, I'm the reason Alyssa Violet made it out of Ohio. And I just don't think it's quite like that. It's just a creative expression of how he feels. When sad girls in their music write, I just want to throw myself off a cliff. No one's like, oh my god, they actually want to do that. We need to put them on suicide watch. Because they understand and have the critical thinking skills to realize the way that artists write about their life and their experience in music is very exaggerated or very like, it's not a research paper they don't have to be a hundred percent factual here and so him saying he feels in his mind that he made Taylor famous it's kind of like okay who cares obviously he didn't everyone with more than three brain cells knows that I just think that that little lyric did not warrant a Grammy's acceptance speech rant about people trying to take credit for your fame which is so clearly a jab at Kanye even though she never mentions him by name it's like she's doing all that stuff that she was criticized for back in 2010 at the VMAs with her performance of Innocent, which we covered in last um, week's episode. I think it's it's an over-exaggeration, okay? I'm, I'm comfortable saying that, even though I feel like I'm about to get my first one-star review. In June 2016, Kim does an interview with GQ magazine. She's on the cover, so she's their main featured story. And can I just say, if you've read this, you'll know what I'm talking about. To me, the article starts off so weird. Basically, the author spends a solid first paragraph just describing Kim Kardashian's tits. And it's so weird because it's like, I don't know if I'm missing something here, like I'm not getting the joke or whatever, but I'm not even exaggerating when I say that it starts like, Kim Kardashian's tits are so soft, she makes butter look rocky or like something like that. Like that's not a direct quote, but it is something along those lines. Call me prudish, but I was reading this one paragraph description of Kim's tits like, oh my God, am I reading smut or what is going on? Anyway, check that out if you want to. It's, I just, to me, I just found that weird. Maybe I'm just weird for thinking that's weird. Anyway, obviously Kim Kardashian is married to Kanye at the time. So she, you know, the interviewer does bring up the whole Taylor situation with Kim and asks her for her opinion on it and Kim says she's just so frustrated because Kanye actually bothered to call Taylor first and then for her to act like she didn't know that the song or the lyric was coming is super frustrating. Kim says quote she totally proved that she knew that that was coming out she wanted to all of a sudden act like she didn't I swear my husband gets so much shit for things when he really was doing proper protocol and even called to get it approved. And I agree with her here. How many people that artists rap about or write songs about, do they actually call up in advance and be like, hey, I'm writing exactly this. Is that okay with you? Do you want me to say something else? Are you comfortable with this lyric? Most people just talk shit and then drop it, aka Eminem. Kim goes on to say that when Kanye is making music in his studio, he always has videographers around and it's basically just because he wants to document his whole creative process and he also wants to collect footage in case he ever wants to make a documentary. And so she says that the phone call is actually documented by the videographers as well. And so there's actual evidence that Kanye did call Taylor. 
She says, quote, So many respected people in the music business heard that conversation and knew. I mean, he's called me a bitch in his songs. That's just like what they say. I never once think, what a derogatory word, how dare he? Not in a million years. I don't know why she just, you know, flipped all of a sudden. It was funny because on the call with Kanye, Taylor said, when I get on the Grammy red carpet, all the media is going to think that I'm so against this. And I'll just laugh and say, the joke's on you guys. I was in on it the whole time. And I'm like, wait, but in your Grammy speech, you completely dissed my husband just to play the victim again, end quote. And okay, two thoughts here. Number one, As someone who tends to be more thick-skinned than those around me, I'm going to be self-aware here and say that just because Kim's okay with Kanye calling her a bitch in songs doesn't mean that everybody else in the world has to be okay with it. You know, a lot of people don't like being called bitch, and I understand that might upset you. But I have to agree with her. The Grammy speech did make it seem like Taylor was trying to play the victim again. Kim explained that Taylor's attorney sent Kanye a letter basically saying, do not let the footage ever come out and you have to destroy it. And that might seem sus, like, oh my god, so so it's true, you know, Taylor is lying. But I think also her attorneys would have done that because she the phone call was recorded without her consent and so Kim and Kanye's teams don't have the right to publish that content. I think that it would have just been like a legal thing around consent of being recorded rather than actual evidence that Taylor like was concerned about what was on the footage. After the GQ interview gets printed and goes out, Taylor's PR team again make a response and they say, quote, Taylor does not hold anything against Kim Kardashian as she recognizes the pressure Kim must be under and that she is only repeating what she has been told by Kanye West. However, that does not change the fact that much of what Kim is saying is incorrect. Kanye West and Taylor only spoke on the phone while she was on vacation with her family in January 2016, and they have never spoken since. Taylor has never denied that conversation took place. It was on that phone call that Kanye West also asked her to release the song on her Twitter account, which she declined to do. Okay, so here they're saying Taylor never denied that a conversation took place. I will say, Tree's original statement makes it sound like they denied that they talked about any lyrics. Okay, because if we reread what Tree Payne wrote when Kanye first released the song, she says, quote, Kanye did not call for approval, but to ask Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. That to me is saying they did talk on the phone, but not about lyrics. They just talked about whether or not Taylor can promote the song. And then again here in the second quote, they're saying Taylor has never denied that conversation took place which is true. They did say that a conversation took place in the original statement, but they made it sound like the conversation was purely around whether she was going to release the song or not. I find it also really weird about the whole um, Kanye West and Taylor only spoke once on the phone. Okay, but Kim wasn't saying that they had a whole workshop around the lyric. She was just saying that he did call her about his lyrics. Now, moving on, Kanye releases the music video for Famous, and this is where I have to jump back on Team Taylor, because this music video, first of all, it's creepy as hell, it shouldn't even exist. To me, it kind of borders on non-consensual porn even, I don't know if I'm being dramatic here, I should probably explain what it actually is. Basically, the Famous music video, there's all these like wax figures that are made to look incredibly lifelike, they look like celebrities, who are all naked and they're in this big bed asleep and so the way that these celebrity wax figures are positioned it kind of looks like they just are like asleep after an orgy okay the way that the sheets are all tangled around them and there's nudity in it obviously it's a wax figure there's no peepees in it but there's definitely boobies oh my god i sound like an 11 year old There's definitely female breasts and vaginas, okay? And so in this big bed, we have wax figures of Kanye, Kim Kardashian, Taylor Swift, Donald Trump, Anna Wintour, Rihanna, Chris Brown, Ray J, Amber Rose, Caitlyn Jenner, Bill Cosby, and George W. Bush. I don't know if I'm being real prude again. I just don't think that that's okay. I think if someone made a wax figure of me to look incredibly lifelike and then positioned me nude in a bed with the likes of Donald Trump and George W. Bush, I would be hella fucking upset about it because why are you depicting me in this vulnerable, demeaning way? This video is still up on YouTube, by the way, which I just, I don't understand how because the whole video is just like basically a camera slowly panning over the wax figures, over the tits and like over the pretty much vagina. It's just 
weird. It gave me, I didn't watch the whole thing. It gave me such a gross feeling. Truly, I just can't understand how YouTube hasn't taken this down. And okay, uh, side tangent, but the inclusion of Caitlyn Jenner makes me so uncomfortable when Kim Kardashian is also pictured in this bed. Now, for those who don't know, Caitlyn Jenner is a parental figure for Kim Kardashian. Caitlyn was with Kris Jenner after Robert Kardashian Sr. passed away, which is Kim's biological dad. And so Caitlyn did, you know, raise Kim Kardashian and is a parental figure for her, even if they're not biologically related. And so to pose your wife's parental figure in bed in like an orgy way, um, naked with with your wife? Is that not weird? And I know some like Kanye enthusiasts are going to be listening to this like, oh, sh- this dumb bitch doesn't even understand art. It's just not art to me. It's actually just straight up gross. There's a tasteful way to do nudity and positioning, I'm just going to call them family, and then bed naked like that is not it, okay? I can't get over it. I actually find it so disrespectful. Now, I was reading through the comments. Why are people so upset about this? They don't even understand that it's literally art and Kanye is depicted depicting these people in a like vulnerable state the most innocent you'll ever be when you're asleep and it's like nothing about this video is screaming innocence okay it's very clearly it's not like they're all in their peter alexander pajamas and they're just so wholesome having a little sleepover so yeah even though i think she overreacted to the lyric that kanye wrote about her i would have been calling the police if someone made a video about me like this. This is absolutely disgusting and gross behavior. There's even that video of Kim filming the mannequins on her phone, probably for her Snapchat. Like, oh my god, this is crazy, guys. And it's like, how are you not disturbed? Kanye appears on SNL shortly after and he's set to perform Ultralight Beam and his song Highlights and he actually has a meltdown backstage before he goes out and it's being secretly audio recorded which the people who do this are the devil like the people who secretly record celebrities while they're clearly not in a good state of mind yeah you guys are the devil but anyway he is ranting about a lot of things but part of what he's ranting about he says quote look at that shit they took my fucking stage off SNL without asking me now I'm bummed that and Taylor Swift fake ass (laughs) it's not funny because but no it's not funny because it's actually serious (laughs) sorry that's another TikTok reference This recording leaks and of course it just puts more fuel on the fire. There's a bunch of articles. Kanye calls Taylor Swift fake and you know blah 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 blah. It's basically just fueling the whole fire. We see this whole moment play out in Keeping Up With The Kardashians season 12 episode 11. The episode starts and Kim is basically calling Kanye and telling him that there's recording of him talking badly about Taylor Swift and like it's not a good look because it's just gonna exaggerate this and yeah. We also get the Kardashians and adjacents talking about the Taylor and Kanye feud. Scott Disick is in it saying he's still trying to understand because he's just confused about why their feud even exists because he thought that Kanye had called Taylor and that she knew about the lyric. And then Kim says she did know, but she's acting like she didn't. And then she accuses Taylor of always wanting to be the victim. And then again, we have Kim explaining that Kanye has these videographers. And so there's actually evidence of this phone call. And she says, quote, it was really important to him when he was writing the song Famous that he, you know, spoke to her and they knew it was going to be controversial. The camera crew filmed him speaking to Taylor and got their whole conversation. So I think he definitely really, you know, cared about how she felt. I think she got freaked out by the reaction and all of a sudden she flipped. And then, you know, Chloe and the other sisters are talking about it and Chloe's saying like, why don't you just release that footage because then that gets everyone off you and Kanye's ass and basically shows that Kanye did call Taylor and Kim's like, no, no, like I shouldn't do that because like it's just going to cause so much shit. And Chloe's like, I'll do it. I'll release it. Which Chloe is me for real because in that situation and if it was my family, I'd also be like, yeah, I'll post it. I don't give a shit. (laughs) I'm not saying that that's right. Okay, it's not okay to post secretly recorded audio, obviously. Now, in this episode, Kim also does her interview with GQ, as we know, and she's talking to Chris about it, and she's like, ugh, like, my PR team's gonna freak out when my interview comes out, but I basically just had to set the record straight because I hate that so many people are talking shit about Kanye. And then Chris is like, 
this GQ interview. She holds up one magazine and there's like 40 other ones on the table next to her. And Kim's like, have you read it? And she's just like, no. (laughs) But she basically says, well, if you had read it, you'd know that in there I'm talking about the feud. And I like, I'm basically defending Kanye in it. And then Chris says that she really likes Taylor and her team and her mom, but she just doesn't understand the motivation to flip on Kanye like this. And then, of course, she suggests to Kim to just call Taylor up. And we get that iconic clip of Chris being like, what would happen if you just called Taylor up? And it is true. I feel like Kim should have heeded her mother's her momager's advice here because this is something that really gets to me in other feuds that we cover but it is really weird that when two celebrities are beefing they never talk to one another they never actually talk face to face most of it is one person telling their side of the story in an interview and then another person telling their side of the story on twitter and then the first person telling their side of the story in a song and it's like Why don't you just book a meeting room, sit down, have a conversation and actually hash it out? Because also 90% of these celebrity dramas are on the back of misunderstandings. And I feel like that's exactly what we're watching here. Okay. This feels like a modern family episode where all of the conflict could be resolved if two people just sat in a room and just genuinely explained what they meant instead of just letting a misunderstanding completely blow over. And then Kim says to Chris, quote, no rapper is going to call someone that they're like rapping about and get their permission. Because they've had their issues in the past, he really wanted to do things the right way. And I understand that. And I do agree with the sentiment. Like I was saying earlier, a lot of people just write songs and they don't even bother to call up the people that they're dissing. He did bother to to call her up and talk to her about his song, which is so rare. He could have just actually put it out. But because of their history and because of how much he's upset her in the past, I do, I don't know. I never thought I'd hear myself say this, but I do kind of feel bad for him. Now, after this episode of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, Kim decides against what she says in the episode and she actually does leak audio of the phone call on her Snapchat with the hashtag Taylor Swift is over party. And again, like I said before, this is an unethical move, okay? Taylor didn't even know she was being recorded at the time and she definitely did not give permission for Kim to release this audio. All the Kardashians start coming for Taylor in this moment. It's very similar to the whole Jordan Woods drama. Like I said, if you piss off one of them, you piss off all of them and they basically all come for you. And so they start posting all of these snake emojis in reference to Taylor basically saying she is a snake. Kim doesn't leak the entire phone call. She's just posting clips of it on her Snapchat. So just like random parts of the conversation, not particularly in order, but just like to her, she just wants to show that one, Kanye did call Taylor and two, that they did talk about lyrics. He didn't just call her to ask her to promote his song on Twitter, which is kind of how Taylor's team have made it sound. From the Snapchats, we hear Kanye present his lyric to Taylor and it's slightly different to what ends up going into the final version of the song but the line he tells Taylor about is basically saying I feel like Taylor Swift might owe me sex so the final line it's slightly different the final line says I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex and in the line he presents to her he's saying like she owes him sex and Taylor says that the line is obviously really tongue-in-cheek and that she really appreciates Kanye telling her about it and that it's a really nice thing for him to do. And then Kanye thanks her for being so cool with it and basically says he felt a responsibility to ask her because, you know, their friendship means more to him than a good punchline in a song. And then Taylor muses, just as Kim says in her GQ article, how funny it would be for her on the red carpet to basically say, no, no, I was in on it. I knew about the lyric. He'd called me about it. Like, there's no beef here, basically. And so a lot of people are like, oh my God, Taylor is a liar. And I don't think she's necessarily lying but it's just the fact that Tree Payne's original statement just doesn't highlight this whole part of the conversation because Tree's statement reads Kanye did not call for approval 
But it's like now we're listening to this and they did talk about the lyric about, you know, having sex together and that Taylor was cool with it. But at the same time, she's not really lying because Tree's statement also says Taylor was never made aware of the actual lyric, I made that bitch famous. And that's true. In this phone call, even just the snippets that um, Kim releases, they talk about the Taylor Swift might owe me sex lyric, but they don't ever actually talk about, he never mentions that he's going to call her a bitch or say that he made her famous. Anyway, people on the internet can't listen to stuff and like put two and two together. And so hashtag Taylor Swift is over party starts to trend very heavily on Twitter. The Kardashians are ramping it all up with their snake emojis saying that Taylor's a liar. And we see the whole world turn on Taylor Swift like no end. Some of her squad members like Selena and Chloe Moretz are trying to jump on Twitter and to defend her. And this is where we get one of the most wild Twitter exchanges between Chloe Kardashian and Chloe Moretz and like keep in mind Chloe Kardashian is 13 years older than Chloe Moretz and so Chloe Moretz in 2016 would have been 18 okay wild basically Chloe Moretz writes on Twitter everyone in this industry needs to get their heads out of a hole and look around to realize what's actually happening in the real world and then Chloe Kardashian responds to that is this the a-hole you're talking about and it's a photo of Chloe from behind her bikini is kind of it's a paparazzi shot obviously and her bikini is kind of like shifted and you can kind of see her butt and oh my god the way that I was feeling so sorry for Chloe Kardashian in the trashed and Thompson episode and now I'm like nah you're straight up just a fucking bully and a mad bitch. Taylor makes a post on her Instagram and she writes where's the video of Kanye telling me he was going to call me that bitch in his song? It doesn't exist because it never happened. You don't get to control someone's emotional response to being called that bitch in front of the entire world. Of course I wanted to like the song. I wanted to believe Kanye when he told me that I would love the song. I wanted us to have a friendly relationship. He promised to play the song for me, but he never did. While I wanted to be supportive of Kanye on the phone call, you cannot approve a song you haven't heard. Being falsely painted as a liar when I was never given the full story or played any part of the song is character assassination. I would very much like to be excluded from this narrative, one that I've never asked to be a part of, since 2009 and then she captions that that moment when Kanye West secretly records your phone call then Kim posts it on the internet I do understand what she's saying here because in the recordings she's right Kanye never presents the I made that bitch famous lyric to her on the phone call he only talks about the having sex together lyric and she's right he can't control how she reacts to that and just because she was okay with the line about owing him sex doesn't mean she's going to be okay with the line about being called a bitch and she's also right in saying that Kanye on the phone call does say that he's going to give her a chance to hear the song before he puts it out and that obviously never happened and so I actually understand why she is putting this statement out and it does kind of explain a little bit more what she was saying because the initial statement again just said Kanye never called for approval but what she's saying is like Kanye never called for approval about that specific line and I do get that you kind of need to hear the whole song in all its context and you can't just isolate a single lyric and then be like are you okay with that okay cool and then just cool now I've got permission to write whatever else I want but I keep harking back to do artists need to call other people that they talk about in their songs before they put their song out. I'm actually really interested in this. Like, do you think that that's something that needs to happen? Or are people allowed to give their opinion on people through their music and write whatever they want? What do you think? Slide into my DMs. I'm genuinely, I haven't quite figured out where I morally stand on this. So where do you fall? What What are your opinions on this? Let me know. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Mood for Feud. I'm really interested to hear where people stand on this. Oh, and then my other my other question is follow up, follow up homework question. What if someone like doesn't name a person in their music, but it's super clearly about them, kind of like how Mariah does in Obsessed, um, which is about Eminem. How does that like how do we feel about that? Is that better? Because if they don't directly name them, but it's still so clear it's about them. Is it basically just a case of don't mention their actual name? If I made a song about Belina Bomez, <laughs> would that be okay? I don't know. Okay. I really want you guys to let me know what your thoughts are on that though. So after this, we do see the whole world turn on Taylor. She's being branded a liar. She's obviously being branded a snake thanks to the Kardashians. And it's kind of difficult to imagine now in 2024 where Taylor's like the biggest pop star in the world. 
But in 2016, she did face like major worldwide backlash. And she, you know, had to go off the internet for a bit. And I will say the like punishment does not fit the crime here because like I said, she never actually really lied. It was basically just a misunderstanding between them. And if they'd just booked a meeting room and talked it out, we wouldn't have even ever heard about it, I don't think, because it just would have all been sorted. But the way that the Kardashians and Kanye just made sure that the whole world was against her and bullying her was pretty wild at the time. I will say that that was not okay. And again, it comes back to that thing where we just don't really think about how mentally damaging it can be for a person to receive hate from the entire world. And I will admit that would have been really hard for her to go through. And I just think this whole thing got extrapolated way further than it ever needed to. However, one silver lining out of this whole mess is that this inspires Taylor to enter what is now known as her reputation era and in this she does reclaim the snake emoji and she actually just leans into the whole I'm a snake idea she has like concerts where she's got a big blow up snake as part of her show and I will say I do really respect her in this I think this is the best way to respond to worldwide backlash is to basically lean into it and be like cool if you think I'm a snake then I'm gonna show you snake and I'm gonna make it so cunty and so delicious and just like absolutely reclaim that this is my emoji now this is my emblem and I respect that move and it's one that I who doesn't know Taylor very well would never expect from her because she does sometimes seem a little bit sensitive but I'm glad that she came back with such a vengeance and basically told the whole Kardashian family who up until this point have probably been pretty much unchallenged like everyone they've tried to take down has been successfully taken down and so it's really cool to see Taylor actually emerging from the flames like a little phoenix and being like I'm here to stay and there's nothing you can do about it. In 2019, so three years after Famous is released, we haven't really had any new content. Obviously, they're not going to be friends ever, (laughs) Taylor and the Kardashians and Kanye West. But in 2019, Kim is interviewed and she says that the feud is over and then Taylor does an interview in March and she also agrees. So it seems like just enough time has passed. Taylor was wrongfully executed and hated on by the world but she managed to find a way to bring herself back into the public eye and come back stronger than ever and the Kardashians have kind of moved on and so it seems like the feud just ran its course. In 2020, however, this whole feud would get brought up again when somebody leaks the whole phone call between Kanye and Taylor Swift. Now, remember that when Kim released the phone call from through her Snapchats, she was just taking random snippets of the phone call. She didn't present the whole like 20 minute clip in one go. She was just taking the bits that were relevant to Kanye getting approval for the sex lyric. And so the public had never actually heard the entire unedited like unedited phone call. I listened to this full phone call, it's on YouTube, and I have to say in this you can tell that Kanye knew his lyric was out of pocket because it takes him so long to finally tell it to her after he calls her. Like he calls her and then he's like, oh okay, I just need to, I want to ask you about this lyric because I wrote it and oh my wife loves it by the way, like she thinks it's such a good lyric, she's like it's gonna go crazy and I just wanted to call you because, and you know bloody blah from D'Antford loves it and then he He's like, but I just want to make sure that you're not going to get... It's like a five-minute intro where Taylor's just like, okay, like, just fucking tell me what it is. His spiel is taking so long before she gets to the lyric that Taylor's kind of like, oh, okay, well, what does it mean? Because she's getting worried. Why is he taking so long to get to the point? And Kanye's like, no, no, like, I don't think it's mean or, like, it's not meant to be and blah, blah, blah. And so then he finally tells her the, I think, Taylor Swift might owe me sex lyric. And then we hear Taylor laugh and say, that's not mean. It's absolutely crazy. I'm glad it's not mean though. It doesn't feel mean. Like, oh my god, the build-up you gave it, I thought it was going to be like that stupid dumb bitch. Which is true, because like I said, he really does give her a really big build-up before finally telling her the lyric. But here is where Kanye should have maybe used his critical thinking skills, because she does say, I thought it was going to be like that stupid dumb bitch. So she's clear, she is, okay, not, I'm not going to say she's clearly, but she is hinting that maybe the word bitch is like something that she doesn't 
want to be called. And then at this point in the phone call, Kanye proposes that it would be cool for her to promote the song because, you know, one year earlier when she presents him the Lifetime Achievement Award, she's talking about how she's a fan of his debut album College Dropout and she's a yay fan. And so it would be cool if she could promote the song because it's kind of like them banding together. And then Taylor says she needs to think about it because she doesn't think that the lyric is mean but it's probably not fitting with her brand and the type of music that she produces and so it's just not doesn't really make sense for her to promote it. She explains that everything that she does becomes like a feminist think piece and so if she launches the song with her brand it's just not really going to make a lot of sense and she also cautions that Kanye would actually potentially face more backlash for the line if it comes from her because of the way that she gets overanalyzed and everything she does and says gets picked apart through the lens of feminism. That's kind of how that conversation goes and Kanye's like, yeah, that's fine. Like, you don't have to promote the song, obviously. It was just an idea he had. And then he explains that he doesn't want to hurt anyone with his rap and so he wanted to get her approval for it and she says, yeah, that's fine. Like, and thanks him a lot for, like, getting in touch with her. And then he does say that he's going to send her the song once it's finished, which obviously didn't happen. And now, again, shout out to Rosie because it's so funny. Her and I just have completely different opinions to how this phone call comes across. Maybe I just don't have emotional intelligence or maybe it's just because I don't know Taylor. I don't know her ins and outs and her mannerisms and so I can't tell when she's being genuine and when she's being polite. But I was talking to Rosie and she's like, yeah, it's so obvious from that phone call that Taylor Swift is so uncomfortable during the whole conversation. And she's basically just like trying to be like, yeah, yeah, like it's not mean, but she's thinking, okay, well, he did say he's going to send me the song once it's finished. So then I'll get a second chance to like veto anything that I don't actually want. And I will say that never really occurred to me because when I was listening to the voice recording, I was just thinking, well, there's your like, this is why this all happened. Because like, She's telling him like, yeah, that's not mean. That's fine. So go have a listen to it and let me know how you feel about it. I think almost, now I'm really just speculating here, but to me, it almost seems like Kanye was more concerned about her feelings with the line, I feel like Taylor might owe me sex than the I made that bitch famous line because saying that someone owes you sex is like more egregious than saying I made that bitch famous. Given her like reaction of whether it was genuine or just polite, but given her reaction of like, oh no, that's not mean. It's fine. I don't don't mind you saying that I owe you sex in a song. Would have almost made him feel like, oh cool, well she's fine with that line, then she'd probably be fine with I made that bitch famous. Which again, like he should have never assumed that and he should have, like he promised to send her the song once it's finished and then none of this would have actually happened because she would have gone, uh, take that out right now. And everything would have just been done properly. Now, YouTube comments on this full unedited unedited phone call are like very pro-Taylor, obviously, and they're saying like that in this, she doesn't actually give any consent. And I just, I don't know about that. I Like she does say that she's okay with the lyric and she's comfortable. So like, it's not like she was going, um, okay, I guess you can post that if you need to. It wasn't, that wasn't the vibe. Again, maybe I don't have emotional intelligence. So anyway, this is kind of a massive resurgence for Taylor because suddenly, I don't know why, the internet is going like, oh my God, Taylor didn't lie. He didn't tell her about the bitch lyric. She was right. She was telling the truth and all the Swifties unite and they're like, we knew it all along. You canceled her for nothing. And it's like this whole comeuppance moment for her. And I will say, I was so confused when all of this went down the information we get from the 20 minute phone call version compared to Kim's snapchat phone call isn't actually that different we already knew from Kim's snapchats that he'd never told her the line I made that bitch famous he only told her about the sex line and so I don't really get where this whole oh my god Taylor was telling the truth thing comes from because like again I don't understand why back in 2016 everyone was calling her a liar I will say, I actually just keep coming back to Tree's original statement and just, I think it was so poorly worded. Now, I was on this Reddit thread. The people in there were like, if you didn't, if you didn't understand what Tree meant from her original statement, then you just can't read. Okay, I don't think that's quite true. I think it was misleading. I think it would have been better if she'd said something like, Kanye did call to have the lyric approved 
with Taylor, but he'd never told her in that phone call about the I Made That Bitch Famous lyric. Taylor never approved that specific lyric. And also Kanye told her that she would have an opportunity to listen to the song before it was posted, but that never happened. And I think that that as an original statement, because Taylor does say kind of that in her Instagram statement after the recordings are leaked, but by then like people have already decided that she's a liar and a snake and so they're just not going to listen to her we needed that information right up the top as soon as Kanye made his Twitter post we needed to know exactly what went down instead of some vague Kanye never called Taylor for approval only to ask her to promote it on her Twitter and the other like slight half truth in Tree Payne's original statement Kanye asked Taylor to release his single Famous on her Twitter account. She declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. Now, that's not entirely true, is it? Taylor declined because she said it doesn't fit in with her brand and that if she promoted the song, she would get crucified for releasing something with a strong misogynistic message because of the way that everyone overanalyzes every little thing she does through the feminist lens. Again, Tree's statement here is that's somewhat true, but it's making it sound like Taylor was telling Kanye not to release it at all because it's misogynistic. And that's not true. She was just saying, she was just explaining to him why she can't promote the song for him. I'm actually just going to say it. Tree Payne should have known better. She's a publicist and that's her job. And I guess hindsight is 2020, but I feel like I could have written a better statement than that whoop taylor hire me whoop coming for your job tree (laughs) anyway in 2020 obviously yeah taylor's getting all her roses but she doesn't really explicitly comment on the situation she just posts quote instead of answering those who are asking how i feel about the video footage that leaked proving that i was telling the truth the whole time that call you know the one that was illegally recorded that somebody edited and manipulated in order to frame me and put me my family and fans through hell for four years swipe up to see what really matters and then when you swiped up it was an urge to fans to donate to the world health organizations and feeding america two charities that taylor feels really strongly about and 2020 was such a weird time for this to be coming out because at the same time in 2020 we all had so much spare time on our hands and so all of these kinds of things were being leaked at the time because people actually had the energy to like scour the internet and pull up the most random stuff reignite the oldest flames because we were all just sitting in lockdown with nothing better to do and then at the same time there was this real worldwide feeling of ugh, why do we even care about vapid things like celebrities and pop culture when there's literally people dying right now and we're in a global pandemic and why are we even talking about the likes of Kim Kardashian and Taylor Swift we've got so much bigger shit to deal with so it was a really weird time to be observing pop culture because it was this dichotomy of I've never had this much time to look at pop culture but at the same time I've never had this much guilt looking at this stuff instead of just sitting and thinking about what a terrible situation we're all in. I definitely felt those feelings at that time as well but we were in survival mode okay and so if your survival your way of surviving this absolutely terrifying world event that we were all experiencing is to listen to a 20 minute phone call between Kanye and Taylor Swift and decide who you think is the bigger liar. I don't know. You have my blessing to go and do that, you know? Kim Kardashian responds to this with a tweet and she says, Taylor Swift has chosen to reignite an old exchange that at this point in time feels very self-serving, given the suffering millions of real victims are facing right now. I didn't feel the need to comment a few days ago and I'm actually really embarrassed and mortified to be doing it right now. But because she continues to speak on it, I feel I'm left without a choice but to respond because she is actually lying. Kim, don't be like, this is so self-serving because so many people are like suffering in the pandemic. You 100% did self-serving things during the pandemic, okay? You had your 40th birthday, which went against lockdown rules. And no, we have not forgotten about that. But also, they're extrapolating everything. Her saying Taylor has chosen to reignite an old exchange, like, she hasn't really. She just kind of said, she actually did the opposite. She said she's not going to talk on it and swipe up and feed America instead. 
Kim continues, To be clear, the only issue I ever had around the situation was that Taylor lied through her publicist who stated that Kanye never called to ask for permission. They clearly spoke, so I let you all see that. Nobody ever denied the word bitch was used without her permission. And I'm kind of like, I understand what Kim's saying here because Taylor's publicist, again, like I've quoted it back to you guys like a hundred times, so I don't need to say it again. She did make it sound like they never spoke about lyrics. She continues, at the time when they spoke, the song had not been fully written yet, but as everyone can see in the video, she manipulated the truth of their actual conversation in her statement when her team said she declined and cautioned him about releasing a song with such a strong misogynistic message. And then she says, the lie was never about the word bitch. It was always whether there was a call or not and the tone of the conversation. I never edited the footage, another lie. I only posted a few clips on Snapchat to make my point, and the full video that recently leaked doesn't change the narrative. Again, oh my god, I'm like fully on side with Kim Kardashian. Okay, no, I'm partially on side, because she's right in that her edited footage doesn't change the narrative of the full conversation, but I think it's the way that her and her sisters came after Taylor, and this is what Rosie was talking to me about as well, because I had this whole thing where I was like, I don't understand, Kim's phone call is essentially saying the same thing as the full-length phone call, so why are people accusing her of doctoring the audio? And then Rosie was like, I think it's less about what's actually in the phone call and more so about what the Kardashians, the way that they like tore Taylor down and publicly got Taylor Swift's over party trending on Twitter and then encouraging all their fans to come after her with all the snake emojis and everything. That was out of line. And I'm like, yeah, okay. No, she is right. That is true. That is out of line. So I'm partially agreeing with her in the fact that my understanding of the phone calls and what went down is similar to Kim's, but she was wrong for the way that she basically sent Taylor to the slaughterhouse back in 2016. Then she continues, to add, Kanye as an artist has every right to document his musical journey and process just like she recently did through her documentary. Kanye has documented the making of all his albums for his personal archive, however has never released any of it for public consumption, and the call between the two of them would have remained private or would have gone in the trash had she not lied and forced me to defend him. This will be the last time I speak on this because honestly nobody cares. Sorry to bore you all with this, I know you are all dealing with more serious and important matters. Here I start to disagree with her again because no one forced you to release that call. You could have called Taylor, <laughs> like Chris suggested, and said to her, hey, do you think you and your publicist can make another statement making it a bit more clear that we did talk about lyrics, you did talk about lyrics with Kanye, but that it was just the bitch lyric that you hadn't approved? again Kanye does have the right to document his musical journey and process I agree with that but how hard is it to when you're calling someone while the cameras are rolling be like hey before we launch into this call I'll just let you know I've got my um film crew here filming this conversation right now is are you do you consent to being recorded how hard is it to do that not very hard at all after Kim tweets all of this out, Tree Pain responds, I'm Taylor's publicist and this is my unedited original statement. By the way, when you take parts out, that's editing. P.S. Who did you guys piss off to leak that video? So that was all in 2020. No one's really spoken up on it again. But in 2023, Taylor does talk about this uh, when she wins Times Person of the Year. And she brings up the moment when Kim leaked the tapes and stated that it was a career death moment. Quote, make no mistake, my career was taken away from me. You have a fully manufactured frame job in an illegally recorded phone call, which Kim Kardashian edited and then put out to say that everyone, and then say to everyone that I was a liar. That took me down psychologically to a place I've never been before. I moved to a foreign country. I didn't leave a rental house for a year. I was afraid to get on phone calls. I pushed away most people in my life because I didn't trust anyone anymore. I went down really, really hard. It's her Times Person of the Year article, so obviously she's going to talk about all the times in her life and bring up all the hardships that she's gone through. But it is kind of just bringing this all back up again. Are we not exhausted? I am exhausted at this stage, continuing to talk about it. So I'm in two minds because I'm like, it is her right to talk about this because it was such a terrible moment. And she's right, the way that she was taken down by the Kardashians, but also the world, it would have been so tough. And I do believe her when she says that it really impacted her and took her to a place she'd never been before. Like to some, you know, she would have hit some some new lows during that whole time. But she knew what she was doing talking about it again after all these years. That's all I'll say. And that's kind of where we leave 
the feud. It's a messy one, okay? There's a lot of different angles to it here. There's some really strong feelings about it all obviously. Um, So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I will say, I think there's three really defining moments of when this half of the feud could have been avoided. And obviously it's easy for me to say this all looking back through it. But okay, mistake number one. Let's just go through because this is my opinion on it. Mistake number one. Kanye promised Taylor that he was going to share the song with her before he released it. And then he didn't. This is a fuck up because Taylor thought she would have had a second chance to like consider the lyrics again, decide whether she actually does or doesn't want that posted. And so her initial response that she gives on the phone call, she wouldn't have thought would be her final response to that or her only chance to talk on it. So that was definitely mistake number one. Shout out to Rosie for helping me form that thought, basically. Mistake number two, when Tree first makes her statement, she should have been more clear about what the call included, and instead of making it sound like Taylor didn't hear any of Kanye's lyrics, she should have been clear that she he did ask her about one lyric, but it was the other lyric that he never asked her about that has upset her. And then mistake number three is that Kim should have never released that audio, and she should have also never got her whole army of fans to completely tear down Taylor. (laughs) Maybe this whole thing could have been avoided if they just called Taylor up. But unfortunately they didn't, okay? And so now I get to cover this very lengthy thing. But it does spark the question, and like this is my homework to you guys as I mentioned earlier, when is it okay to write songs about other artists and when is it not okay? And just like grabbing the first example that comes to mind, but when Taylor Swift released her 10-minute version of All Too Well, which is about Jake Gyllenhaal, even though she never mentions his name in the song, but the context clues are very clear that it's about Jake, Jake Gyllenhaal started receiving death threats from Swifties who were listening to All Too Well and taking these artistic lyrics about a situation as Bible and basically using it as ammunition to tell Jack Gyllenhaal to throw himself off a cliff. Is that okay? Because Taylor never said Jake's name? I don't know. And does Taylor in that moment have a responsibility to tell her fans to stand down? I don't really know whose side I'm on for this, to be honest. Like I said, all three of them made big mistakes which led to this whole drama. I just find it interesting. My biggest question for you guys listening is when is it okay and when is it not okay to write about someone else? Slide into my DMs, let me know your all of your thoughts. If you've got any suggestions for feuds that you'd like me to cover, make sure you get in touch at Mood for Feud on Instagram. Otherwise, I hope you guys have a great week ahead of you and I will talk to you guys next week. Bye!